Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey, car fiends and gearheads. Welcome to Driven Radio, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield here with our engineer and co-host, Mr. Mark Groves. Yep. And the evil genius of Craving Cars on YouTube, Mr. Corey Pratt. Yes. We are coming to you from Driven Radio Zoom Land in beautiful Overland <laughs> I'm Park. I'm sorry. I, I, Zoom went, land. I went down to the uh, uh, to the, the worst place that you can go for COVID right now, which is Southern Missouri. I had, I had I family it was stuff Florida. to do. Uh, well, no, Florida is yeah, bad enough. salt in COVID. But uh, Southern Missouri, it's like mask, mask what? Mask who? Uh-huh. And, uh, That's right. Yeah. So, you know, we're trying to be safe here because you know, who knows what I carried back. Besides, uh, well, my, and my accent even that, acted up some more. So I'm like, God, stop. I'm about to leave town <laughs> and I don't need to be sick. Thanks very much. You've got a good point because you're going right. somewhere pretty. We'll talk about that. Yes, I am. I'm going with the beautiful people. Everybody will know I don't belong. <laughs> you can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DrivenRadioShow. And listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to tell your gearhead friends. If there is something you would like to hear more of or someone you think we should interview, or if you have an interesting story, tell us. Send your emails to brett at drivenradioshow.com. All right, kids, what did you do this week in cars and motorcycles? I did some actually pretty cool stuff this weekend. I hope you got a minute. Okay, it's not going to be that long. Okay, uh, on Saturday, uh, Redline Rallies got together with our friends at Express Rally. Ooh, uh-huh. Scott Huddleston. We've had him on the show uh, a couple uh, times, I believe. I was at Fuel House for a minute. Yeah, that's probably why I didn't see it, because you're only there for a minute. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a really fun event. Those two guys, uh, those two getting together and just seeing all of the rally cars just showing up. was I can't uh, even imagine. It must have been nice. pretty awesome, especially there at the Fuel House, because the place is so cool anyway. Oh, it was, it was, it was phenomenal. It was absolutely. They, they had cars yeah. inside the building all lined up, uh, a lot of McLarens and, and, and Porsches and Ferraris and uh, Lamborghinis. I mean, just and uh, all the other cool cars in between. And uh, on the outside, there was still another 50-something uh, express rally cars that showed up as well. Yeah. Um, and then all the Redline Rally guys showed up. I was parked kind of with the Redline Rally um, uh, people, uh, shot a little bit of video. And the next morning, the express rally showed up at the Crossroad Cars yes. oh, with our friend Henry. Cool. And so they had a big roped-off thing. About 60 rally cars showed up for that one. And so that was uh, definitely a different Crossroad Cars that, that any of them been. So now we got... That was the last one of the year, too. So oh, you yeah, missed I was going to ask. Sorry. That was the, that was the final one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Henry's going to be back off to college again in a couple of weeks. So I was up to my ears in cars and awesome stuff and, and great people. Uh, a lot of fun times. A lot of fun times. Follow Craven Cars on YouTube, and you too can see the cool action nice. that uh, I have embarked in. Dude, very Mark. cool. We got, we got to see a lot of pictures from you, Mark. You look like uh, you had a pretty decent weekend. You know, um, I, I, I had family stuff to take care of Thursday and Friday, but I decided what the heck. I, uh, I popped the bike onto the trailer, tugged it down there, and then uh, hopped onto the, the Kawasaki and rode it around places, some that I hadn't been to in, in so very long. And one, uh, it was Blue Eye. There was a girl I went out with once in high school. She was so hottie. And also a, a, totally a snob, which is weird because Blue Eye, once you go there, you're like, wow, how could anyone here be snobby? It's an unincorporated village, kind of a blink and you missed it place on a road on Highway 86 in Southern Missouri. It's a nice drive getting there. And there were some, you know, curves and this and that. You know, I've ridden the bike mainly in Kansas. So most of my riding has been fairly straight. That was nice to do. It was fun to be around the hometown. And, uh, and I found that Cannonball Run Road sign yes. in freaking Blue Eye. And I'm like, really? what? what the hell is this? And I love it. Even though, you know, the traffic was horrendous, people were actually very nice. 
So okay. it, was, it was really cool. Brett, you had some, you had some ch- 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 changes. Yeah. Well, I uh, got the 65 back from the shop temporarily while we're waiting on parts, but it has new gold line tires on it. And some of the work has been done and we're coming along. Cars look starting to look pretty good. Yes. Uh, drove the red Corvette just a little bit. Uh, Got the F-150 back from the shop. Oh, the hey. Super, the supercharged F-150. Doing good? That thing moves now. <laughs> well, it, right it on. moved. Yeah. I remember when you and I went to that uh, cigar shop, and you're like, stick your foot in it. See what you like. And I was, and I did. And I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> this is a crap. pickup? No. No, this is all right. Awesome. <laughs> that, that, oh, oh, he that, played with it with me in the car once, too. <laughs> that, that ain't crap now. Uh, that thing has a healthy second gear break them loose. Oh, daddy. Okay. Hey, Mark, Mark, we were at a stoplight and, uh, there was like a kid in a BMW or something next to us. He goes, Hey, watch this. (laughs) And he just went, I was like, Oh yeah. It'll throw you back in the seat. Yeah. It's a lot quicker now. Uh, new new plugs and fuel filters and, uh, some other work and it comes on nicely. But the important thing, the biggie. Uh, Bella, oh, by on. the way, I did drive over to the fuel house. I was there for a minute. I was outside and then I chased all the express rally guys to their hotel and wound up drinking with them on top of a, a hotel roof. And I need to po- uh, apologize to Ped. Thank you for covering my tab after I walked out on it. Oh, no, oh tiny dang. dash, you bastard. <laughs> Oopsies. I didn't mean to. I just, we were all happy and having a good time. Yeah. And I was going to say, okay, time to go home. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> And uh, Ted graciously paid for some crown. He probably bought a bottle of Crown Royal. Uh, Nice. Yay, Ped. Thank you. Next morning, got up. I'd gotten uh, Vlad the Impaler back from uh, the shop with a new firewall and a new starter in it. And it sounds good. It works well. Everything works fine. And I took the car wash and installed all the shop schmutz off of it got it cleaned up went for a drive while i was out driving around looked down at the gas gauge realized how low i am and that thing says empty it's empty it's empty right now oh you don't get to go another 12 miles it's empty right now and it was sitting on e and i managed to coast into a gas station over (laughs) off in a road i coasted in with the car off it died as i made the corner (laughs) and i i pulled up to the pumps and they're out of business period (gasps) Oh, and this is the gas station that I hid in when it was raining on me and the 65 Corvette on my way home. (laughs) This thing was open recently and it's not. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Oh, man. I called my dad and I caught him at the warehouse and he grabbed the gas can and started heading my way. And while I'm sitting there, my brother, his wife and his two kids pulled into the gas station thinking they were going to get gas. Completely coincidental. So they're huh. sitting there, and I'm playing with my niece and nephew, and my dad pulls up. We're oh, having a reunion God. at the closed gas station. <laughs> Put a couple gallons of gas in the Impala. Dad's going to follow me down to 87th so I can find another gas station. I am tiptoeing. I am being so easy on the car. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. And the linkage got jammed up and wouldn't shift, so I pulled over to the side of the road. I made it a quarter mile. I didn't go nowhere. Oh, oh dude. So heck? dad and I are sitting in his car and kind of shoot the breeze. And I said, I, I still need to sell this Impala. And he says, I'll buy it. <laughs> I oh said, my really? God. He said, yeah, I want you to put a, an automatic transmission. That my dad's got bad knees. Yeah. And the, the Impala does have a heavy clutch. Yeah. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, what else were you going to do to it? And I said, well, it needs air ride and four-wheel discs. I was going to put Willwoods on it. He says, get all that stuff done for me. <laughs> all right, Dad. All right. So we're sitting there talking cars, and he's, he said he'd buy the Impala, and he wants me to make these changes for him because I know who to talk to about it. And uh, while we're sitting there, he says, what's going on with the Mercedes? The Schadenfreude Express. Ah, yeah. Says, uh, it's still dead. Probably ought to do something with it because the last two years the values have turned and gone up. And he says, "Well, how much?" And I, I told him, and it's not a small sum. And he says, "Yeah, we should get that done too." So, <laughs> 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 right. 
<laughs> the old man to the rescue. Thank God. I'm, uh, he's a car guy too. And God bless him. We're going to get some stuff fixed on those cars. And, uh, uh, he said, you know, you can still play with all those stuff. So, you know, the, the new toy he got last week, or have I mentioned that yet? Oh, he's a new toy. Yeah. He bought a new toy on bring a trailer. Oh, he's oh, been on that thing a lot. No. He finally actually pulled the trigger on something, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Something oh, real my similar goodness. to what I had. Oh, what is it? Uh, GM related? He bought a Pearl Silver 65 Corvette convertible. Oh, my God. An automatic. I was going <laughs> to guess, convert- I was gonna guess uh, Corvette, actually. <laughs> he got himself a, of course, you know, all the car transporters are in Monterey for the, you know, for the foreseeable future, probably till September. And that thing is in Stowe, Vermont. Oh, wow. So oh, wow. I don't know. I don't think he's got my stupid sense of adventure. Hey, let's just go get it. We'll see what happens. Anyway, looks like, looks like Brett's going on another adventure. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we got, we got car toys and everything, you know, old cars always need something. But, yep. uh, so I broke down twice on Vlad and sold it to my dad. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> you know, you're a hell of a salesman. Congratulations. <laughs> yep. uh, got the linkage fixed this afternoon. Uh, took it back over to a light the transmission. Hats off to Paul. He had it fixed in no time. Charged me not a dime. Oh, very nice. So I went and picked it up, oh. and that clean little that clean Impala is sitting in my garage, and I don't have time to do a darn thing to it before I leave for Monterey yeah. for car week. But not for another couple anyway, of weeks. <laughs> that's that's all my uh, broken car adventures for the week, dude. Nice, very nice. <laughs> Congratulations. I, I, well, and it's it's kind of like uh, the joke my dad and I have about rental real estate. You got it. You sell it. You still got it. <laughs> I, I sold Vlad, but I still have her. <laughs> yeah. Funny how that works. <laughs> anyway, Dad, I know you're listening. Thanks a ton. You saved my butt again. Yay. Yay. All righty. Well, hey, this week in the news, we've got a pile of stuff that I've been meaning to get on the show, but it seems like we've never had room enough for it. It seems some in- <laughs> overly enthusiastic fan decided to drive their giant RV onto the track at Lime Rock during a race. <laughs> I love, I love it. That is, that's my favorite story. Because <laughs> why not? Yeah. I'm wondering how many Budweiser empties were rattling oh, around. Oh, you night. think it would have sounded yeah. like Christmas? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> SSC admits its Tourataros hypercar never went above 300 miles per hour. And something related to a story we talked about last week, Camaros aren't selling, new ones aren't. That's because there aren't any, and used Camaro prices are going through the roof. So let's go ahead and take a look at this week's news. From roadandtrack.com, somebody drove an RV onto the track at Lime Rock. Uh, <laughs> and the pictures of it are amazing because oh it, i know it's you know the headline huge. says it rv like a tour bus. yeah it's like it's like leonard skinnard rode onto the track at lime rock uh when the practice for imps around at uh, lime rock park a few weeks ago was briefly delayed by rain uh leading to a red flag an rv driver saw an opportunity to set a quick lap while the track was clear young name driver somehow <laughs> got their tour bus sized rv onto the track going the wrong direction oh my now, now what's kind of sad because I'm like I I could just hear this guy screaming out that window freedom, but uh, free bird yeah free bird <laughs> free beer free um you only got a few feet down the track before being stopped pulled over and arrested <laughs> uh, yeah, you know it happens when you slide your RV onto a racetrack during the middle of a race uh, he was arrested for reckless endangerment uh, which was ending the would be qualifying run nobody was hurt. The track was not damaged, which was nice, and racing resumed the next day. Now the RV well, was good. yeah the RV was impounded at the track, sent to state police, and uh, you know I guess uh, that's a lesson for the rest of these wild RV crazed maniacs to stay off the track because nobody else did it. So <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise! Uh, you know I would just want to see some streaker out there with his tent held above his head. I can do it. I can make it, you son of a bitch. So, uh, uh, yeah. is that what that is? Is that the streaker of the racetrack? Is that kind of how it is? <laughs> no, that's just a drunk jackass. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, like, well, at, like at a 
like at a soccer game, that's the the same difference I, of a streaker going through. I think that's one step above naked on a big wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Although I would uh I would pay to see that. So you know, don't knock it. Don't knock it till you try. <laughs> naked on a big wheel. Yeah, <laughs> just saying. Yeah, that's that, that's got to be after the second bottle of Captain Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm three Boone's Farm in and feeling like oh, I am a winner. Oh, oh. You had to go Boone's Farm. <laughs> oh hell yeah, country quencher baby. Let's get this done. <laughs> Even my big wheel's gonna have Craigers. <laughs> As it should. Okay, well, from Road and Track, SSC admits its Tuatara hypercar never went above 300 miles an hour. This freaks American me out. hypercar company, SSC, shocked the world when it announced that its flagship Tuatara had achieved 331 miles per hour. God, that seems otherworldly. Other yeah. Uh, setting a world record with a two-way average peak speed of 316 miles per hour. This catapulted the Tuatara into public consciousness, proving it could outrun even the Bugatti Chiron. There's one catch, though. That 331-mile-an-hour record never happened. It's Suspicion cold. mounted shortly after YouTuber Shmi150 called the record run, into video, record run video into question. He compared it to the Koenigsegg Jera RS record run on the same stretch of Nevada Highway. Based on the spacing of the lines and features of the road, it was clear the SSC wasn't traveling a full 50 miles an hour faster than the Jera. Engineering Explained, another YouTube channel, followed up with another video calculating that the SSC could have been traveling as slow as 225 miles per hour in the video. Wow, that's a huge difference. It is a huge difference, and I'm sure there's a a seat-of-the-pants difference in feeling, but 225 is still extraordinarily fast. I've never done anything close to that in a car, and I've done a lot of dumb stuff. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Strangely, we're trying not to nod so hard. <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay. I know who I am. Uh, there's got to be a different uh, seat of the pants feeling between 225, 300, and 331, but I wouldn't know how to tell you what it is. Yeah. Uh, SSC rebuked the claim, saying the speed tracking equipment company Duotron had validated had validated the record. Duatron blindsided by this released statement denying any involvement in the record. SSC had simply used equipment from Duatron, but the company could not verify that it was used correctly, nor did they have any involvement in the record run. SSC realized that the only option was to make another attempt, during which it went 283 miles an hour, still really fast. No, that's that's but, pretty movement, that's yeah. for sure. But far fast, far south of three thirty-one. Six mm-hmm. months later, SSC has finally admitted that the first number was bogus. In an Instagram post, they said that they acknowledged they'd never gone three thirty-one or even three hundred one as of October twenty twenty. Uh, they said they are truly heartbroken as a company to learn that they didn't reach this feat, and we're in an ongoing effort to break the three hundred mile per hour barrier transparently, efficiently. And undoubtedly, uh, it's unclear what caused the company to believe it hit 331 miles an hour. It's also unknown how long SSC has known that the original numbers were bogus. Uh, the company wants to do yet another run, but the car they used for the original record attempt was wrecked in April. Oh, crap. Oh, oh you mean we, hey, did, I, we can't even really look at the car that they lied about? Oh, hey, I feel kind of sorry for them. I know how it is to have broken equipment. <laughs> and by that, I mean my cars. SSC uh, CEO Jared Shelby in an email to Road and Track stated SSC did not stand behind the initial speed claims that errors had been made in the installation and use of the tracking equipment. And they said, SSC, that they would continue to pursue the record in a transparent fashion. From muscle cars and trucks, used Camaro prices are skyrocketing. Go figure. I think the whole market is skyrocketing. But anyways, uh, the global microchip shortage has had a huge effect in the global automotive industry, uh, leading to vehicle shortages, sporadic production, uh, and a deletion of, well, some features. Uh, It also contributed to the rise in used vehicle prices. Since new vehicle customers can't find or order what they want, they're, well, they're looking elsewhere and paying handsomely to get it. 
along with the headline story of rising used pickup trucks and SUV prices, we're also seeing um, in the spades with the Chevrolet Cor- uh, Camaro muscle car. Um, as the ship shortage continues to halt production of new cars, used car values have risen sharply over the course of the past years. Um, obviously, like I was saying, like on SUVs, trucks, and of course, sports cars, and the Camaro is no uh, exception to these. Uh, with used prices increasing, check this out, guys, 45.1% from June 2020 to June of 2021. Good God. That's ridiculous. 45% in the 45%. calendar year. Yeah. 0.1. Remember that. 45.1. <laughs> According to IC car statistics. Uh, basically, that's about 11,000 plus increase. I, it, was that on an average? I, I'm uh-huh. so glad I'm not buying new cars right now or, or even used. used I, yeah, used yeah. is where you go. Yeah, I'm selling cars. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Stacking well, them I'll, deep, I'll, selling them cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside of the uh, the chip shortage, though, um, I mean, what could be causing these prices to rise so dramatically? Uh, whether it, is it maybe the sixth generation Camaro being discontinued in 2023 that could be replaced by a godforsaken electric sedan? That's right. Uh, God <laughs> yeah, I already pissed and moaned uh, about that the last show. I'm not going to do it this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's my turn. <laughs> yeah, Camaro electric, my butt. But, you know, basically meaning that and if you want a uh, Camaro, uh, what's left out there is maybe all you're going to get. Well, I'm, that's kind of a scary have to pay proposition. I am scrolling through Facebook Marketplace right now, and even like 87 Camaro, 1987 Camaros, some of the ugly Camaros, uh, the 90s versions, they're, hey, also, hey. they're in the $5,000 to $9,000 range also. Although the uh, Camaro Berlinettas are the exception because those are the... That's right. There God. we go. There we go. Because <laughs> uh, you had the Star Wars dash on them and they were gutless. I couldn't stand that hurt look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone back and looked at those several times and my thought is always, well, you know, after you redid the suspension and the engine, it'd probably be all right. <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, uh, it's, uh, it's surprising, uh, the prices that are on these things. And then, you know, there's really a bunch happens. of firebirds too, but you know, that's Camaro light. Well, and there's, there's one more reason that Corey hasn't gotten to yet. Ah, well, a possible another reason, uh, maybe because the Camaro still has an open ECU. That's the one. There it is. So with no encryption, uh, blockading owners from modifying their engine calibrations. Uh, so for your tuners out there, uh, in other words, uh, this will be an, an ever-shrieking feature uh, in just the next few years. I mean, look at the new C8 Corvette. Yeah, you can't touch them. No, at least not oh. at the moment you can. And I don't know if it, it may never be broken. They may never be able to really tap into it like they can the Camaros right now. Um, so, you know, there's your standalone sports car option with tuning potential. I don't, know if, I don't know if this applies to the ZL1, but if it does, you're starting with a 650-horse package. Yes. And then you can monkey with it further. Now, personally, I think I might be a little afraid to. <laughs> I think it's a very comfortable car at 650 horsepower. To be 650 honest. is a ton. <laughs> but there are guys out there who think that uh, 650 is just a good place to start. And uh, it is. I, I've actually known some of the ZL1s with the stock blowers still doing eight, 900 horsepower to the wheels. Wow. Good Lord. And wow. that's, that's that tuning potential. That's that's kind of what it is. But regardless of, of whatever it is, and the primary uh, contribution to all these skyrocketing prices, it's, it is safe to say that a, a jump of nearly 50% is nuts. Yes. It's yeah. just bonkers. So for the uh, Chevy... Camaro owners, it's uh, definitely a seller's market. Yeah. Here's the thing. I wonder if part of this is because, you know, chip shortages and production on and off again and everything. Part of the reason Camaros may not be selling is because there may not be that many of them out there. Yeah. Uh, what, what if they're getting chips? I mean, do you think because Chevy thinks it's not the big seller, they're pushing those chips to other cars and, and leaving the Camaros off to the side still? I don't have any idea. I don't have any idea. All I know is the Camaro lease rates are still stupid low. <laughs> and if you really want one, you could probably go lease one and get it pretty cheap and have a brand new car. But I, again, 
haven't been shopping for new cars. I don't know if they're out there or not. You know, um, I can't I tell you I the last know. time I was on a new car lot actually looking at a car. I couldn't I, even. I haven't. No. Oh, good Lord. I, 2008. Not. 2008. 2008. Well, then uh, you have no idea what's going on right now. Uh, not a clue. But you knew that. <laughs> <Not> one, <laughs> by looking at me. <laughs> not, not one of the cars I own came from a lot. Every one of them came from an individual. Nice. Nice. Um. And same with the motorcycles. All my stuff came from people, not companies. So I really can't speak to it. I can't tell you the last, the last time I walked on a dealer's lot was to shoot pictures of a pre-production C8 Corvette. Corey, you'll probably remember that. It was at, uh, oh, is that still Van Chevrolet up on Shawnee Mission Parkway? Shawnee Mission uh, Parkway, I-35, no. 35. no. I think, no, it's, yeah, I think sh- it's Henderson. The Chevy Van, Van Chevrolet's in, in like North like North Kansas City area. Okay, so it was probably Hendrick. I believe. Yes, so. that's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They're on that's the last time they had that blue over white uh, pre-production car that had the worn out seat bolsters on it because so many people's butts <laughs> yes. had gotten in and out of it. Yeah, <laughs> my, my butt was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mine too. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, that was the last time I was on a dealer's lot looking at a new car. I haven't, wow. I haven't gone looking on, on dealer's lots forever. So, yep. You know, here in a minute in segment two, we're going to be speaking to two gentlemen who define going the extra mile at top speed, <laughs> Chris Clemens and Mark Spence <laughs> record holders for the Bob Burns C to C to C Memorial trophy dash <laughs> also known as the cannonball run times two. They're going to be here to discuss about what it take discuss what it takes to run from one side of the U.S. to the other and back in under seventy five hours. Man. These guys, God, that's that's a lot of moving at high speed. <laughs> got to got to wonder what makes you want to do that kind of thing. All that and much more is coming up next on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Media Zoom headquarters in Overland Park, Kansas. Our special Zoom. guests this week are Chris Clemens and Mark Spence, record holders for the Bob Burns C2C2C Memorial Trophy Dash. Good job naming that one, Chris. Appreciate it. <laughs> also known as the Cannonball Run Times 2. Chris and Mark, welcome to Driven Radio. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. All right, Chris, real quick. Who was Bob Burns, and why did you name this jaunt after him? Bob Burns was my uncle. He was a much larger-than-life character. He was a bit of a scofflaw in his younger days, eventually became mayor of Egg Harbor Township in New Jersey, had a radio show, uh, very professional. (laughs) (laughs) As are all radio people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just like us just like us <laughs> he he was the stereotypical cool uncle he would let me do all the things that uh my parents wouldn't and not just like my dad who would say uh, don't tell your mother he would say <laughs> i don't care if your mother finds out because she's my sister and i don't care uh he would He kind of taught me to not go with the flow of normal life. He was the guy who gave me a uh, remote control helicopter that ran on nitromethane when I was like eight. Uh, (laughs) Gave me my first explicit lyrics tape. Um, And he also taught me to try and do the right thing when possible, but most times just have fun. (laughs) There you go. <laughs> All right. I, I dig it. So, gentlemen, tell us about yourselves. Where did you grow up? What did you, what do you do when you're not terrorizing the roadways? And uh, when did you know you were car guys? Mark, you take it. Okay, I'll take it over. Um, I'm from the great city of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, grew up on Lake Erie, so we had snow eight months out of the year. So our car guy season was very short. So 
lot of stuff just sits around broken most of the time because you get tired <laughs> working in the cold garage. Um, I grew up with a car guy family. My dad was a big Mopar guy. He was a firefighter too. And I just, I always grew up with him dragging stuff home and my mom, mother telling them to leave. So. <laughs> get out of there. Oh uh, yeah. We, I grew up with everything from, uh, I, I was brought home from the hospital in a Hemi Roadrunner. So. Cool. It, and then I took my driver's test in a Dodge Aspen. <laughs> you're Mark making Mr. Gernos jealous. Oh, yeah. That's just sexy talk right there. But I failed it the first time, but passed in the Land Rover Discovery the second time. So <laughs> It's like one end of the spectrum from the other. If you're driving an Aspen, you're failing at life, too. So you did good. You did real good. Come on. It was, it, at least it was an RT. Oh, hey, yeah. Hey, at least it was uh, <laughs> the bigger six. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, there's really nothing too crazy about me. I just got wrapped up in this world kind of randomly. And it just kept getting wilder and wilder. So. How about you, Chris? I didn't have a choice. Um, <laughs> both sides of my family are car people. My dad was a street racer. He worked uh, in South Jersey, brought home all sorts of cool cars in the 60s. Had a 67 Camaro, 69 Corvette, uh, 70 Boss Mustang. When I was a kid, he had a TR6 and a uh, 71 Chevy pickup. So when did you each know you were car guys, or was it from the jump? It was definitely from the jump for me. Um, I was always infatuated with car shows, going fast with my dad, uh, Hearing stories about some of the things that my parents did when they were younger, like uh, my grandfather had uh, Jaguar 120s that he oh, cool. built. And uh, my mother would drive them rather quickly. My uncle would bait the New Jersey State Police and chase them <laughs> on the parkway. <laughs> so it, it was in my blood. And it, before... I was even old enough to drive. I had my first project car, which was a, I forget if it was a 70 El Camino or a 68 Chevelle, but that's where I started my car life. Wow. Well, my personal car started at a whole different level. My first car was a um, 98 Jeep Grand Cherokee, a TSI, but the first vehicle I ever drove was my 92 240SX. Hey, not a bad start. Yeah. And after that, 12 more 240 SXs came, and yeah, it turned into a hobby and then an obsession. So nice. So, whose idea was it to run from New York to California and back? All Chris. <laughs> You're such a great influence. <laughs> How did that come about? Uh, I think we probably have to go back <clears throat> before the run. I started talking to Mark. I think I randomly messaged you or friended you on Facebook. And he was at, uh, was it Doug's or Arnie's Christmas party? It was Doug's Christmas party. And we started talking that night. He was wearing this absolutely adorable pink <laughs> rabbit costume. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of story is this? <laughs> it's, a, it's a wild one. Uh, apparently. Uh, and we kind of stopped chatting after a few days <laughs> that. Uh, I ran into him when he went with Sean Peter and Jason Atkins on the diesel record run. Oh. Uh, I went off down to Connecticut to meet up with them, to see them off, and also do a test drive on my car. All right. So were you talking at that time about uh, doing the run together, or it wasn't just, Mark, you happened to be available, or how did that work? I think it was literally 24. I don't even know how long. It was a very short distance. Because my, my month before that was I had the diesel run. I came back, and this is the middle of COVID, and I flew to um, 
Las Vegas to get a moving truck to move my buddy back from LA. So I came back from the diesel run. I flew out to the Vegas to get the moving truck to move them back from LA. And the entire way back was the Northern route. So I marked every mile marker and everything where cops were sitting, where they could turn around for Doug and Arnie. And I got back and they weren't sure it was going to happen. And then three days later, um, literally Chris calls me. He's like, Hey, let me talk something by you. And I was on my way to Doug's place. Cause I texted Doug and I'm like, um, I texted Doug. I was like, Hey, this is going to pop up. I just got asked if I wanted to do this. And he's like, well, I got a ride for you. If you can get down to my shop and he's about 30 to 40 minutes away from me. So I jumped in my car and just used that 30 minute time to think about it. And by the time I got there, I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm down. So any run like this, uh, the cannonball or 2904 or any coast to coast high speed run, is incredibly taxing. What in the name of all that is carbureted would make you want to go from coast to coast and back? I'm highly challenged. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. I had nothing better to do. (laughs) You could have some ribs. Uh, you got to stop in Casey to get the right rib. Uh, was there a previous record holder for this? There was somebody who did it previously. Uh, however, he wasn't doing it for time. His name is Pierce Plam. And he did it in 130 hours. Okay. People have mentioned it before that we beat him. And I just hate saying that I beat somebody who wasn't trying. All righty. So, so it, and how long ago was that? Well, five oh six. Really? So, it, it, I mean, was a, a little while ago, know, but not that long. I honestly don't know, and I'm trying to remember if it was the twenty nine oh four or the C to C that it happened. It was twenty nine oh four. So that had to have been oh eight from now to oh eight, I think. Okay. So I'm you not up to my dates and all these races that happened before I was even into this world. So you did this during COVID, was this last summer? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And uh, I understand that you left the same time that Doug and Arnie did on their record run? Correct. Uh, were you able to keep pace with them? Until Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was when we got out of New York, I let off the gas until they were out of view. Okay. And then I got back onto it. <laughs> okay. And what happened in Iowa? <laughs> <laughs> my um, my traffic stop where I got paced by a sheriff for about thirty miles. Oh, really? Oh, oh it's more than that. Yeah, it was uh, uh, where the world's biggest truck stop is in Iowa. That's when we first got uh, hit with uh, um, radar or whatever. And I saw the cops slow down, and I when we slowed down, and he passed us. I'm trying to remember how this all went down. And um, our, our radar went off, and he, I slowed down the speed limit, and he passed us. So how fast were you going when you first got that radar detection? I was 115, 120. Okay. <laughs> and after you got it, did you go ahead and speed up? Yeah, as soon as he passed us, he, I got made sure he was out of sight, and we sped up again, and then we got hit again by him coming back the other way. And how fast were you going that time? Probably 115, 120. <laughs> tomato, tomato. And um, it was the perfect recipe of speed. So, But um, and he passed us again with the lights on. Because in the middle of the night, you can see those lights far from behind you. Sure. So, and he passed us again. And then he, because I slowed back down to the speed limit. I was still speeding at the time, which is funny. Because I thought it was like 80 when it was 70. And he still passed us. And then he did it again. I passed him again. He hit us going the other way. He spun around, caught up and passed us, slowed back down, and then lit me up. And it was like me a on. bad movie. It really was like a bad movie. Like, like Super Troopers going on they, here. Yeah. Like he would just go and like pace behind us for a little while. 
and then he'd take off with his lights on and then just keep doing it again and again and again. <laughs> I really half expected his first words to be like, uh, what do the snozberries taste like? Slices <laughs> <laughs> and registration right now. <laughs> yeah. But instead, so- his first words were, this is the risk you take for trying to set a good time. Okay. So uh, what did he finally write you for? Um, he wrote me up for a 94, 95, and a 70. 94 and a 70. So it was only 24 over, so I didn't have to go to court or get arrested. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I've had one of those before. That's always good. <laughs> and I thought it was 80. I thought the speed limit was 80 out there, because all through Ohio, it's 80. Yep. Oh. Yep. So did you ever have a moment of doubt or a time when you wanted to quit <laughs> while you were doing this? Um, it was probably out on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, there were there were some definite thoughts of do we really want to come back? <laughs> Especially towards the end there. Um, well had had there been people at the finish, I don't know if we would have continued. Well, that's what I'm thinking. You pull into the parking lot in Redondo Beach. And you're thinking, I'm only half done. <laughs> yeah. What possesses uh, you to turn around and, and hammer back the other direction? Work the next morning. It was nonchalant, <laughs> as I recall it, where we just kind of took some pictures and stretched for a minute. And then we're like, well, time to go back. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Got to go so, home somehow. You make Redondo Beach sound the- like Bakersfield. <laughs> let's get down to the technical stuff why a mercedes sl it seems like everybody else who's done this is just dance because we are much smarter than most people and uh, <laughs> it is much more convenient to only have two people okay and it's it's better when you didn't spend a dime on the car either so hey uh, uh, what was, kind of preparations uh, did you do to the car it was my uncle's car and uh, he obviously had passed. And I decided that, you know, you don't want to be that guy asking for things right after someone passes. But I told my aunt what I wanted to do in the car. And she said, he would love that. The car is yours. Oh. <laughs> That's wonderful. I love it. Uh, what preparations did you do to the car? I maybe a bit OCD. So I decided that I was going to spend $5,000 on the car and replace a few things. I ended up replacing every bushing, every bearing, every hose, every sensor, anything that was a wear item in the car up to and including the leather on the seats. Wow. (laughs) Did a little bit of tuning on the car. Um, it's got high flow air filters, nothing crazy, uh, upgraded the brakes, obviously, because we need to slow down sometimes in Iowa and occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> other than that, the car is basically stock. Wow. Um, I'm guessing if you were trying to run behind Doug and Arnie, the car's capable of exceeding the limit that was put in it by the factory. Which Slightly. is a buck fifty-five. Slightly. Okay. Well, Allegedly. there you go. That's good. <laughs> I had it pinned up all through PA, so. <laughs> you followed Doug and Arnie out of Manhattan, uh, and you said you just let them get out of sight before you mm-hmm. get back on it. Were you communicating with them while you were driving? Vaguely. Uh, we had the glimpse feed and stuff, and. Um, and I knew some of his, their spotters going through Ohio. And the fact that when we came through Ohio, we came upon a Porsche GT2 that was bright yellow, which they say wasn't a spotter, but I have no, I have no clue why it would be out at that time of night. And the fact that when we passed everybody in Toledo that were on the side of the road filming us, I realized a lot of them were still there. And that's when I started to realize that we're only, we can't be that far behind them. They told us that we were five or six miles behind them, but I think we were only a mile or two behind them. Okay. What surprised you about the trip? 
that we did it in the time we did. After really? all that went wrong, we still managed to do it in a pretty good time. Well, other than the cop, what, what else happened? Fatigue. Fatigue was a big thing. Uh, sure. Definitely slowed us down. The truckers were a nightmare. Um, were they intentionally trying to keep you from passing? No, they just... Every truck is governed. So you'll have one guy who's governed just a little bit quicker than the next guy, and they'll pass each other at .001 miles an hour, yeah. which is agonizing. <laughs> and when we did it, I feel like traffic was back to normal, pretty much. I think from what it was for me a few weeks prior, when we had nothing on the road in the diesel run. Yeah. What else? Uh, any, anything else? Or was it just the trucks and traffic? And being we, had, we dealt with some accidents. Uh, we got stuck on the bridge in New York. Oh, God. Uh, Mark, New York. Mark saw me at my worst on that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat, huh? You didn't swear, did you? Oh, I was enraged because <laughs> I think I had gotten us down to, what, 70, 71, something like that. I think it was like 69, 70. It was low 70s. And then we hit stop traffic on the bridge. I lost my mind. What was your final time? 74.05. Okay. What were you over-prepared for? Uh, laser. Really? Some of, the, some of the countermeasures we had weren't really necessary. It's, it's the kind of thing where you don't know when you're going in what you're going to actually need. Okay. So well, the ALT saved me in Ohio. I got hit in Youngstown. Yeah. I never knew what was going on. It started going off. I'm like, what is that sound? And I slammed on because like hit the brakes and I slammed on the brakes and I went past the state boy. I was still over a hundred when I was on my brakes going past him. <laughs> well, there was that state trooper and what was that Nebraska that just kept messing with him. He did not like being jammed. He hit me basically with an instant on laser, and I jammed him, but I didn't have enough time to slow down and turn off the jammers, and he was upset. So he just followed us and we ended up hiding at a gas station for a little while waiting, hoping he would just go away. You mentioned fatigue. How'd you stay awake? Is it just energy drinks or talking to each other, loud music, windows down? What was it? There was, there was music. We obviously take naps. Um, you can't stay up for three days driving at those kind of speeds. The, it's too much. That is not a comfortable car to nap in either. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. Like me sitting in the passenger seat, I have like, it's almost like a foot and a half between me and the window. So I'm just like at the weirdest fucking angle trying to get comfy. <laughs> well, you at least thought to bring that neck pillow. But it still sucked. <laughs> I bought that. I didn't bring it. I bought that. <laughs> Without trying it on, I'm like, oh, shit. This sucks. Okay. <laughs> Do you think it could be done any faster? I think so. Yeah, I think it could. Do but... you think you left time on the table? You want to say yes, but also there could be different problems on the next round. Would you do it again? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm retired now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, this is the last question. It's usually one, the one that's the most fun. Aside from this, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? I'll do mine. When I was 14, 15 years old, I had a 75 Nova, and my dad worked at a car dealership, at an Oldsmobile dealership, to be specific. And because working at an Oldsmobile dealership, tires dry rot before they wear out. So my dad always had these tires, and I would bring rims into his work and swap the tires and do horror shows in the Nova. <laughs> so the house that i was living in it was on a main road but it was secluded so all you could see was the driveway that was it you couldn't see the house there were too many trees and my friend mike came over from uh school and we went out in the driveway and just burned off both those rear tires as the smoke clears we see a white f-250 pull in the driveway we think this is odd and run into the woods and hide because obviously that's what you do. Yeah, yeah. So we're waiting there 
and all of a sudden we hear sirens and two fire trucks pull into our driveway. Oh no. <laughs> it's about five minutes before my dad gets home. So me and Mike hide in the woods. We run even further. And my dad had to deal with the fire department wondering what happened as the car is still in the driveway, just smoking. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, dad. I don't know what happened. Uh, I'm guessing that was the last set of tires. Uh, No, it was a don't tell your mother. <laughs> so when my mother hears this, she's probably going to hear this story for the first time. Don't feel bad. My dad's heard a lot of bad crap that I did on the show. How about you, Mark? I really don't have any crazy dumb car stories, though. My biggest regrets, though, okay, this is a dumb car story. I was a young kid. I was about 18 years old. And in 08, I had an 03 Dodge Ram that my dad bought brand new. And when he passed away, I ended up with it. And it was just, I'd already been driving about two years. And up here in northern Ohio, we have this place called Yankee Lake Truck Night, which is hillbilly fest, and you drink Bud Light and just do dumb stuff in mud with trucks. And I had that truck up there my entire 18th year, summer, and I just destroyed this truck. I ended up did eight grand worth of damage to it over the, over the summer, and, and the truck was never right again. And I had that truck probably until about two or three years ago. When I finally rusted away, yeah. it was always my winter beater. And I just, that was one of my the dumbest things I ever did in it is because I, I wish I still had that truck today. Yeah. We've been speaking with Chris Clemens and Mark Spence about their incredible record setting coast to coast to coast run. Again, the Mar- uh, Chris, the time 74 hours, five minutes. Yeah, five minutes. 74 hours in five minutes. Oh, my Lord, that's fast. All the social media links for Chris and Mark can be found on readthedriven.com. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, if you do this again, we'd sure like to hear about it. Yes. <laughs> There's some stuff planned. <laughs> Coming up to the musket ball. It's a 100 horsepower race that's planned. That's going to be a fun one. Interesting. There's about 20 teams doing it. Yeah. So Camrys. I got a hundred horsepower bike. I'd take that. <laughs> you can join us then. <laughs> All right. Well, there's always the scooter event too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to have to talk about this stuff. Guys, thank you so much for being with us tonight. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt. Yep. And Mark Grove. Yep. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time here on Driven Radio.